You've come to the right place. If you're a course creator looking to build more impact, income, and freedom, LMS Cast is the number one podcast for course creators just like you. I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I'm the co-founder of the most powerful tool for building, selling, and protecting engaging online courses called Lifter LMS. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. Today we have a special guest, Ryan Moore. He's the creator. His company, Uncanny Owl, is a creator of Uncanny Automator. You can find that at automatorplugin.com. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Thanks, Chris. It's great to join you today. What's the elevator pitch for Uncanny Automator? Automator is really about saving time and creating workflows that allow more engagement on e-learning sites, or really any kind of sites. So it's about connecting plugins together to create workflows that make things easier, like have plugins talk to each other or even external sites. So you can pass data and just make one thing that happens trigger something else to happen. That is awesome. And I'm just looking, uh, and we're recording this in um, February of 2019. I'm looking at some of the things that you can connect together with the Automator plugin. There's BB Press, Buddy Press, Caldera Forms, Contact Form 7, Easy Digital Downloads, For- Formidable, Gaming Press, Gravity Forms, H5P, LearnDash, LearnPress, Lifter LMS, Member Press, Ninja Forms, Pop-Up Maker, The Events Calendar, WP Fusion, WP Courseware, the WordPress Core, WooCommerce, WP LMS, WP Forms, and Zapier. So pretty yes. much from there, we can get anywhere. But before we go down a technology rabbit hole and accidentally build something that's too complicated for what we need, I wanted to go back to something you have a lot of experience in with the fundamentals of instructional design and course design. Sure. Yep. Like that's really the bedrock of where we start if we're going to build an online education training, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's, that's part of why we built Automator. It was really a way to personalize learning and create learning paths that were a bit more user-focused so that we can deliver the right experience based on somebody's performance or behavior in a course. So really looking at how we can interact with that user, find out more, and deliver the right experience for them. What is instructional design? Like, what is course design? It sounds like you're saying the... Um like not all people are the same. You know, there's this common thing where we have like a customer or a student avatar and then mm-hmm. we send them through something. But the reality is a lot of people interact with the same course very differently, right? Is Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So we're trying to take a learner-centered approach. So everyone is going to learn differently. The same approach is not going to work for everyone. Some people are going to be struggling with some content. Um, some people are going to be really advanced. And it's about delivering the right type of experience and the right type of interventions to make sure that someone can learn at their own pace and perform as well as they're able to. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I think the interesting thing, one of the things I look at in the online education world when I'm talking to somebody is where they come from. So for me, I came from into this world of WordPress LMS. I came as like a WordPress person, a a WordPress power user that was freelancing and then doing agency work. And also as an online business person who had interest in a niche called uh, permaculture. It's an online gardening thing. That's my first online course website was in that. And I was doing it to build a business. 
and, uh, you know, package training into courses. I worked with experts all over the world to put that together. But I was kind of like a WordPress and then e-commerce guy who liked to, uh, who was interested in this niche. You have a background in like instructional design and also e-learning authoring tools. Is that right? Yeah. So effectively, my partner and I, so it's two of us that run Uncanny Owl, um, we started working together doing some course development about 18 years ago and did that for a little while. Then I spent nine years at a bank doing a lot of course development. So really around compliance training. So that's um, like, uh, that's internal training for employees. Yeah, Just exactly. Not making money exactly. on the internet with your online course, right? No, no, no. <laughs> um, yeah, my experience was all for Fortune 500 companies and just delivering internal training to staff on pretty technical topics. So um, when we started on Owl about six years ago, what we originally planned to do was just to keep doing that, building uh, e-learning courses for Fortune 500 companies using the experience we had. Um, and just to see what we could do. But um, we started looking at how to showcase the e-learning we were building, and my partner did have some experience with WordPress. So at the time, um, we started using WordPress as a way to showcase e-learning that we were building. And e-learning in WordPress was more of in its infancy then. There weren't too many plugin solutions for delivering learning solutions. So we were kind of there at the right time. And people were interested in how we were delivering the e-learning as opposed to what we were actually building, um, the courses. So they wanted to learn how we built these platforms, um, how they could do it themselves, what we could offer them. So yeah, we kind of stumbled into WordPress and then filled in gaps we had around development and how to actually do things properly in WordPress just by hiring people. And I still don't develop with WordPress and my partner doesn't really either. So we have developers now that do build nice e-learning solutions while we focus more on kind of the course experience and uh, the projects themselves. I love that. That is, that is really cool. Um, there's also a term that pops up which you're using, which is e-learning. And let me uh, ask for your feedback on something. Sure. Yeah. One of the, one of the limitations of WordPress in a online education or e-learning scenario is what I call the content problem. Or because WordPress starts with like a post, and mm -hmm. then you can stick a video in there. You can you know stick a something where you can download a worksheet or something. Yeah, you can put an audio player in there. Um, you can embed other stuff or text on the screen. Put images in there. Um, maybe have like a quiz post pop up or some kind of assignment. Um, but I call that the content problem. It seems like if you have an e-learning first approach, if you are using what's called e-learning authoring tools like Storyline, Captivate, which I know nothing about. I mean, I know okay. what they are. I haven't used them myself. They, they start from a different area. Like, can you, can you define how you're kind of helping build that bridge between e-learning and WordPress? Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. So with e-learning authoring tools, you're generally building courses that are very portable. Uh, very interactive. Uh, you can do a lot with them that's scenario-based. Um, so you can deliver a very personalized learning experience, but it's very contained. So it's kind of a, a single unit that you interact with that traditionally goes into an LMS. And as you're doing it, that's all you're interacting with is this single module that you see on your screen and everything is contained within that. Whereas with WordPress, you're connecting a lot of different things together. 
and you're building a WordPress site around different types of media, um, different types of interaction tools. Uh, so it tends to be a lot more complex. And with WordPress, we see a lot more do-it-yourselfers and a lot more maybe linear um, approaches to courseware where we see a lot more uh, video and um, things that tend to be static. So maybe not quite as interactive. We do see more um, use of things like H5P to build simple interactive tools inside WordPress. Um, but we also do a lot with um, how people can bring in those modules that are more interactive with um, uh, inside WordPress. So we, we do have a plugin that supports that. Um, we don't see it used as much still as, as other models, like especially video-based training in WordPress tends to be most popular that we see. Um, but it is a way that you can take these portable modules and use them in the traditional LMS um, or in WordPress, kind of whatever makes sense for your context or your audience for engaging with that, uh, that course. Very cool, very cool. Um, let me ask you another question that's kind of coming from two different worlds. If you're doing compliance training in a bank or Fortune 500, um, and I could be wrong in this, but my assumption would be the motivation to for the people to complete the content is uh, extrinsic or outside of them. They don't wake up in the morning like necessarily wanting to, you know, make sure they're, um, you know, following all the rules and scanning their badge correctly, or mm -hmm. you know, making sure they are, they take the the um, HR training that they need to. Whereas, like somebody who's creating an online course more for profit motivations is trying to tap into perhaps a, um, a customer who's intrinsically motivated to learn how to play the piano or um, start some kind of project or anything like that. Yeah. Is there, could you speak to how you do course design when differently for extrinsic versus intrinsic motivation? I know that's kind of a, a crazy question, but um, do you have any thoughts on that? Sure, I can talk to that a bit. Um, certainly the audiences and the organizations we see use WordPress versus an in-house or commercial LMS are very different. Um, and when someone is doing compliance training or something they have to do, then they do want to get in and get out quickly. And they're, they're just looking at the deadlines and making sure they've accomplished something. So we don't see a lot of um, other engagement tools Whereas with WordPress sites, uh, the, the interest tends to be around making sure that the learner is interested in finding value in it and engaged in the program. So back to the traditional LMS and kind of larger, larger sites that are doing things internally, we see more measurement around knowledge transfer and kind of um, measuring is, is the user accomplishing something, but not really caring about do they feel that there's value? Um, Are they gamified or whatever? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's it's not really about measuring the user satisfaction or how much they appreciated the course or how they'll apply it. Whereas on these sites in WordPress that we see, where where the the value really is in um, you know how how interesting is it? How can you apply it to your own business or your own personal learning? Um, that's when we do see more engagement tools being used. So. Um, reaching out to the learner and trying to get them involved in the process and like sending them emails, checking up on them. Um, there tends to be more facilitation we do see too, even if it's automated, like with Automator, it might be something that's you know built into the workflow that looks 
or seems like an instructor is reaching out, but we see more live facilitation too. Um, maybe not as much blended learning necessarily, but at least a focus on getting the user engaged and keeping them as part of it, like keeping them in the course. If they're not completing it, you know, following up with them, finding out why. Um, a lot of that motivation is to get them to buy the next product and to you know keep selling to them, like doing coaching, things like that. But it's still an emphasis on making sure the learner is finding value and getting something out of the program rather than just measuring their completion and maybe a quiz score or something like that. That's really interesting. The nuances and the difference, like for the compliance, it's like, you got to take this course. I need to make sure the knowledge transferred. If you don't, you're fired. <laughs> Would you be motivated? Motivating. Yeah. But then, then on the other side, um, you know, there's more like, let's make sure you're having fun and enjoying it and staying with it and happy at the end. So you'll buy my next thing or upsell mm -hmm. or whatever. It's, it's different. Yeah, for sure. Another thing um, I'd love to get your thoughts on as somebody who's been in this industry for a while is uh, the self-hosted WordPress LMS website versus a hosted LMS. Mm -hmm. Like who's, what types of customers are a better fit for one side versus the other, or even if it's not type of customer, what like variables in the project, you know, should, should people uh, maybe consider one or the, over the other? Yeah, that's interesting because we deal with that question a lot. And I do too. I'm looking for a better yeah, answer. So yeah, because <laughs> um, I, I turn a lot of people away for that reason. So generally, I would say it's harder. It's harder to build your own WordPress site and to manage it and maintain it and make sure it's running smoothly and making sure that users don't get stuck and that everything's intuitive because you're doing a lot yourself. You're making all these plugins and tools that aren't necessarily meant to connect together work together cohesively to build a you know a full user experience and that's hard to do so like kind of as a as benchmarks for when we're recommending a platform we would look at you know do you have anybody in-house that can manage these things that understands the course development and that can that can handle this on a on a go forward basis um, that's one consideration another is number of users like if it's a small audience like under 100 people building your own WordPress site probably isn't going to make a lot of sense. It's not going to be cost effective on a per user basis compared to paying a cloud or commercial LMS or a hosted LMS. Um, same thing at the high end of the scale. Like generally we wouldn't see WordPress sites with more than a hundred thousand users that are doing e-learning. It gets really what's hard that, to what's manage. What's an example of like a really big e-learning site like how many users are we talking about or like what like what kind of company i don't know i mean maybe not a specific name unless you can mm -hmm. but like like what's a really big lms how many people or users are in there um i had one this week no i've had two this week that were over seventy-five thousand, which wow. for us is kind of pushing the limit of what we like to see in wordpress just in terms of scalability because a lot of wordpress lms plugins aren't really focused on enterprise and performance and scalability so for us that's kind of a top end generally we see wordpress lms sites with users in the 1000 to 5000 range i would say um lower and higher like lower than that it's not really cost effective and higher than that it's just um you might be better off with you know a dedicated team to manage things for you so yeah i would say really anything over seventy-five thousand is is the top end of what we see with with wordpress very cool um 
I wanted to dig into Automator a little bit. When I saw this thing come, like I got I got really excited and I, I started contacting some of my customers to be like, you've been asking me forever, like if they happen to already be a member member press user mm-hmm. to yeah. uh, activate courses in Lifter. Lifter has its own like access system and e-commerce and everything. So you don't really need member press, but there are people who use member press that want to stay with it and they just want to use Lifter for the LMS. So I was like, here you yeah. go. I've yeah. been talking to Blair at MemberPress for a couple of years. We haven't been able to make it work between our our companies and our capacities for development. But uh, Un- Uncanny Automator just handled that. Um, yeah. I think that's that's amazing. Um, so I was, I was just really excited to see it. And I, I wanted to maybe ask your your opinion and your advice on how somebody might use some of these particular integrations to create those learning paths or, you know, personalized education. For example, um, why would I, how would I use the events calendar mm-hmm. in my LMS? Like, yeah, what would I do with that? Yeah, that's, uh, that's actually one of the best ones. Um, <laughs> it's interesting. I'll step back first because uh, Uncanny Automator is a bit um, polarizing. Um, I would say most of the people who are introduced to it don't understand the value and uh, it, it takes a while to explain it. But then there's a people that are using it. It's, it's the other end of the spectrum where it's like, I don't know how I manage without it. It's, it's the <laughs> yeah. best thing. I've got all these ideas for recipes now. Um, so in terms of going back to the events calendar with that one, like that's one that is popular for us because um, the events calendar for example, didn't have an integration with, uh, with Zapier. So there were all these things that people wanted to do around events, like, you know, say tagging attendees in a CRM, or um, if you sign up for an event, then also give the person access to a course or something like that. So, so just behaviors around it, like it's, it, it didn't exist. And for us, that's been a big one. Just, um, because for the blended learning that we're doing on a lot of e-learning sites, there tends to be a mix. Like when you sign up for an event, there's pre-work you should do in an e-learning course before you go to the, the live session. Um, and then, you know, when you attended the session and your marks complete, then, you know, let's send out a feedback form or let's enroll you in the post-workshop course that's an e-learning program. Um, so, so that one is particularly powerful because Events Calendar didn't really have a lot of integrations with it. So there's kind of a gap there in connecting it with other workflows. That is awesome. And I also jump for joy with that as well, because Lifter LMS does not have a Zapier integration, but voila, you made it happen, which is, which is really cool. Um, you mentioned in your last comment, the concept of blended learning. I hear so many mm-hmm. different definitions of what that means. Can you tell me what you mean by that? Like what is blended sure. learning? For me, it, it effectively means that there are offerings both online that are self-directed. So users going through a course on their own, on their own computer, um, and just completely doing everything independently. They're going through the course by themselves. Um, and then there's also a live component. So there's a facilitator, whether it's um, like a webinar or in a classroom setting, it's some kind of live event where an instructor is delivering content to you and you're interacting with them during a session. So the combination of the self-directed e-learning with some kind of live event that's happening. Very cool. Um, what are what are some other ways, like if you had to 
like that people ask about that you recommend Automator for? What are some other, besides events, what do you see people wanting to do with Automator? Yeah, events was big for us, but probably not other people. But yeah. uh, probably the most popular and, and powerful things that people are turning to it for are actually Zapier. Even yeah. if there is already a Zapier integration with particular plugins, it makes it possible to create combinations of workflows. Yeah. Or, you know, so somebody you know, buy something and completes a course and submits a form, then trigger, you know, a Zapier webhook, which you can't do otherwise because any other Zapier plugin is just going to be for one specific WordPress plugin. And sorry to so, cut you off, but I just yeah, yeah, real, quick, real yeah. quick on Zapier's website, Zapier connects to a thousand plus other apps. <laughs> so that's a yeah. lot of options. Yeah. Uh, interesting. We had, um, we had somebody using Lifter reach out last week um, so they explained how they were using it, which was kind of interesting. And for them, they use Automator as a reporting tool uh, with the connection with Zapier. So for them, they cared about, they didn't care about course performance so much or course completions, but what's happening with lessons? Um, what about the smaller bits? How do we get reporting for that? So that's how they were using Automator was creating all these recipes around any lesson that's completed in, in, um, in Lifter then let's send completion data over to a special report. So now we have all these different reports that we don't have to build on the WordPress site um, that show us all this completion data for all different types of users in, uh, in different ways. Um, yeah, so, so that's popular one, Zapier one. Um, another really popular one is form, form triggers. So basically we can create you know, conditions and set up workflows based on what someone submits in a form. So you choose this, you get added to these different courses and these things happen. Or you choose something else and, you know, all these other things happen. Um, so the, the form integration is powerful. Um, Pop-ups are good too without resorting to some kind of gamification plugin. You can gamify everything. Anything that happens on the site, you can trigger a pop-up. And that's what, uh, that was called Pop-Up Maker? Right. Yeah, yeah, we're using that integration. Yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. That is, that is really cool. For the uninitiated, mm -hmm. can you explain the difference between, you, all, you can integrate all these apps together. What's yes. the difference between a trigger and an action? Yeah, sorry, good, uh, good point. <laughs> so yeah, everything that we're building in Automator is based around creating these workflows. And basically, a trigger is what starts it. So somebody completes a course, somebody submits a quiz or completes a quiz with a score of 80%. Um, so they're, they're things that initiate basically the recipe. And then the, the actions are things that happen as a result of those triggers being performed. So maybe a user completes a course and then we enroll them in the next course in the series. So the trigger would be completing that first course and the action would be enrolling them in the next course. Very cool. Very cool. And could you explain a little more what you meant by Zapier with like multiple step? You can do like chaining. What did you call it? Um, yeah, we don't, we don't see much of that. Um, okay. We don't. Um, but we, we do see some scenarios where, um, yeah, running one recipe can potentially trigger the next one in the series. And I know you can do more of that on the Zapier side too. Um, Workflows tend to be simpler, though. We don't see a lot of the, the chaining where one thing happening triggers another thing, then another thing. 
it gets it gets harder to manage too. Usually for those kinds of scenarios where it is complex and there are a lot of steps, we'd see more CRM use or marketing automation tool use. Um, because then too, one, one missing thing from Automator right now is any kind of timed behavior. So like wait a lot of five minutes. Or? Yeah, wait yeah. a couple of days, like one thing happens, then wait, then do another thing. You can't do that with Automator. So that's where CRM integration can be pretty powerful because then if you do have kind of a multi-step process, then you can build in those weights um, on that side of things. If we go back to something we were talking about earlier, uh, what I call the WordPress content problem of like what, what I can put in a lesson or to make something interactive, you integrate with something called H5P, which has always fascinated me. Yeah. Um, and I'm just on the H5P website right now. You can do like presentations, interactive videos, games, charts. Yes. audio recorders. Uh, I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. How might somebody use H5P with their WordPress LMS and Automator to do something special? What, what's in a, what's a, give, give us an example to yeah. make our content more interactive. Um, H5P is tricky. I'll add that disclaimer just because the different content types with H5P tend to be developed by different parties. And some of them have what's called XAPI support and some don't. And basically XAPI is a way for us and site owners to track what people are doing inside the H5P modules. So only some of those modules do support it. But as an example, then, then yeah, what we can do with, uh, with H5P and XAPI is say someone does do a more interactive quiz that they've authored with H5P. And let's say that we want something to happen if they score 80% or higher in that interactive quiz. So we had, we had somebody, a user that we supported last week with Automator. So they, they did have that behavior. In this case, somebody was completing an interactive video in H5P. And on completion, then what was happening was they would auto-complete a course. They would remove the user from that course. So they would unenroll them. They would then remove them from a group add them to a group and enroll them in the next course, then finally redirect them and send them an email letting them know what happened and that this, this has been completed now at this point. So you can kind of chain all those steps together and build something so that those H5P interactions can make a lot of other things happen just to kind of guide the learner in the right place and make the right things happen. That is cool. Um, you mentioned the 10 can or the X API. Can you explain mm -hmm. that? I know some people in the WordPress LMS place uh, space come across it and they're wondering, do I need it? What does it do? I'm trying to wrap my head around it. Yeah. Uh, can you give us a quick lesson on it? Yeah, absolutely. So we don't see a lot of use generally in WordPress, but it's effectively a way of tracking what someone is doing inside of an interactive e-learning module. So whether it's, um, something created with an e-learning authoring tool like a storyline or rise or captivate or iSpring or something on your site with H5P. When you're interacting with those things, then it generates statements. So you can basically capture, okay, this user viewed this slide, so they experienced it, and we, we capture that information, or they answered this question, then it sends a statement to what's called a learning record store. So you get all these collections of statements about what your learners are doing. So normally with, um, with a WordPress LMS plugin, 
you're just tracking things at a high level. You're kind of looking at, did the user complete this lesson? And this gets more granular. So you can get more detail if you're using these, these authoring tools to say, you know, this is what the user did, this is what they clicked, um, you know, this is what they answered. In some cases, LMS plugins can track that, but still you can get a lot more data with XCPI. And it's, it's stored in a consistent format. And it's a way that if you're using external tools, like an external LRS, that you can, instead of just tracking what happens on your WordPress site, you can track what's happening with learning on your WordPress site, um, another learning site that you've got, maybe an app that you've got that's not WordPress related, and it can collect all that information about learning activities in one place. So most WordPress sites don't need it or don't use it, but when the metrics are important, and especially for instructional designers, they might need that information. So it's available and it's, it's really just a way of, um, of tracking and collecting data about learning activities. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thanks, thanks for that. Um, I want to encourage you watching or listening to go check out Uncanny Automator. That's at automatorplugin.com. If you're a Lifter LMS user, the, here's some triggers. So if you think about starting something, when a user completes a course, enrolls in any course, completes a lesson, completes a section, attempts a quiz, passes or fails a quiz, you can do all kinds of stuff. Um, you could even get into a thousand plus other apps through Zapier, if that, which is just mind blowing when you think about it. Um, mm -hmm. And then also another app, you know, whether it's that event registration with Events Calendar Pro. Uh, or a form gets completed on your website, or it goes on and on. If, you know, for example, Lifter LMS does not have uh, uh, easy digital downloads, the ability to sell your courses, but now you can just connect that with Automator. But you can remove a user for, from a course, enroll in a course, mark sections, lessons, or courses complete, um, remove user from memberships in Lifter, add them to memberships, and even reset quiz attempts. And that's just where we're at as of this recording. But Ryan, I'm, I'm really grateful that you guys built this. And when I, like, like I said, when I saw it, I got really excited. And there were some particular users who have just been hitting us up for all these niche scenarios. I'm like, well, that's mm -hmm. possible now thanks to this tool. <laughs> so uh, yeah, thanks for, for sure. doing that. We get a yeah. lot of feature requests. It's just part of the LMS industry. Yeah. Um, you know, people, I say, we talk about this a lot on this podcast is these course creators or learning designers, they have to wear five hats. They got to, they have to be an expert, a teacher, a community builder, a technologist, an entrepreneur, and all those different hats require sometimes different tools and different things to be able to talk to each other. And you've, you've just made that a lot easier. So thanks. Uh, it's yeah, good to be sure. with you on the journey. Thanks for coming on the show. Do you have any final words for the people? Um, I don't. I don't. No, I mean, check out Automator. If it's, uh, if it's a fit for your site, reach out with any questions um, or learning in general. I mean, we do a lot around e-learning and WordPress. It's all we've done for six years. So there's a lot on our site, if that's of interest to anyone out there, just in terms of how we approach things and what's possible. Um, but yeah, just reach out if you have any questions. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show, Ryan. We'll have to do it again sometime. Yeah, thanks, Chris. That was great. And that's a wrap for this episode of LMS Cast. I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I hope you enjoyed the show. This show was brought to you by Lifter LMS, the number one tool for creating, selling, and protecting engaging online courses to help you get more 
revenue, freedom, and impact in your life, head on over to lifterlms.com and get the best gear for your course creator journey. Let's build the most engaging results getting courses on the internet.